Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Everybody staying warm? Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I met another pastor for coffee the other day. Well, actually, we went to Starbucks, but I opted for tea instead of coffee this time. And I usually just make tea at home. When I go out, I, I, I get coffee. Um, and I was a little unprepared for how to order tea at Starbucks. Apparently, there are just as many options as coffee. I had to... Uh, last minute make decisions about do I want sweetener in there, do I want cream or milk, or what temperature or frothiness should my milk be, and then that's on top of that there are like eight different kinds of tea you can buy at Starbucks at any given time. Uh, I was a little unprepared for that. Um, I had expected those choices for coffee and was trying to avoid all of that, and uh, apparently I had to make all those decisions with tea as well. Coffee and tea are among some of the most minor decisions that one needs to make in their life. Am I right? <laughs> uh, they're, they're kind of there along the like, oh, what should I make for dinner tonight? Or which way should I take home from, from work or church today? You know, it's quite minor decisions. We do have bigger decisions to make in our lives though, right? What job we take, if we are to marry, to whom we should marry, um, whether or not to take that trip, or what organizations to donate money to and how much. We have a lot more choices to make today, far more than you want cream or sugar. <laughs> and yet many of us live our lives wondering after we've made choices, what else is out there? We're looking over our shoulder wondering where the grass might be a little greener always looking for something better. Unfortunately, the thing that suffers most when we look over our shoulders is our relationships. We may be thinking about what else might be out there for us and we miss a real, true, full connection to another human being. This, is, this reality is very human in nature, but it's not a reality of God. God doesn't spend time or energy peeking over God's shoulder wondering if there's anything better, wondering if the grass is always is greener somewhere else. We read in the book of Deuteronomy, which we didn't read this morning, but in Deuteronomy 31, it tells us, promises us that God is always there with us. Regardless of what we are doing, God is always with us and will not abandon us. God is fully committed to us. We are the greenest grass to God. There's so much freedom and love and grace in that statement, in that reality. And this is such good news that God has poured 
the Spirit onto all of us. Like we just read from the prophet Joel, all of us have received God's Spirit. Our old men, our young men, our women, people of status and all income levels. God's Spirit covers all of them. God is committed to all of them, to all of us. And God invites us to respond. God invites us to commit ourselves to God. Most of us respond by having faith, believing that God is real and present in our lives. Faith is a response, and faith is good. But we can do more than just have faith. We can have our own commitment. Commitment to God is faith with a plan. Faith without action is useless. That's what it says in the book of James. Faith without action is useless. But faith with action, faith with a plan, is commitment. God desires us to fully commit and devote all of ourselves to a relationship with our Creator. Not to only commit our rational thoughts or our belief, or just to believe in God. Not to just commit our Sunday worship times or saying grace before a meal, but to fully commit all of ourselves, our calendars, our time, our energy, our finances, our relationships, all centered and committed to God. The passage in 2 Corinthians that Diana just read tells us that what we put into this relationship is what we get out. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. Every farmer that I've ever talked to backs this concept. If you skim on the seed, you're going to skim on your product. Whatever you do, do not skim on seed. What you put into something determines what you get out. And what you put into your relationship with God determines what you get out of it. A real and authentic relationship with God requires us each to commit to God and trust that God is fully committed to you. God is the only one that can fill this vacuum inside us. When we can really truly be full is only when we commit to a relationship with God. Fully committing all of ourselves to God requires an investment from us. Investing our time, our energy, our finances, all the resources that we've been given. These are all gifts from God, which we've been given so that we can give to others. And then God fills us back up. This is how God works in the world. This is what the economy in God's kingdom looks like. God gives to us, we give to others, God fills us back up so that we can continue to give to others. God uses us and those resources that God's entrusted to us 
in order to bring God's love and care to all people. There's a continuum here. God gives to us, the more we give back to God, the more we are aware of God's work in the world, and the more we see ourselves as extensions of God's love for people. And then the more we want to give back to God. When we live fully committed to God and God's work in the world, we lead more godly and generous lives. It's a beautiful cycle. To be part of the work that God is doing in the world, to partner with God, to be called into the work of being generous with what we've been given. Giving our resources back to God is an act of relationship. It's an act of ministry. It's far more than an act of charity or duty or benevolence. It's an act of ministry, an extension of our relationship with our creator. It's faith with a plan. It's an ongoing way that we live our lives. Living generously is the way we live out our commitment to God. This is great work indeed. But the question of how much always seems to come up, doesn't it? Especially this time of year. And today, of all days, when churches all over the world are asking its members to commit and pledge a specific dollar amount. So how much is enough? Is it a set dollar amount? Is it a percentage? If we give more of our time, can we give less of our money? How much do we have to give in order to partner with God's ministry in the world? Paul, who wrote 2 Corinthians that we just read today, doesn't mention a specific amount. He doesn't cite 10% or anything like that. Instead, he says that it is up to each individual with how much to give. Telling someone exactly what he or she should do with their time and money is a sure way to rob them of their joy in giving. My son, Jeremiah, is 16, and occasionally he plans on doing some chore or task even before we ask him to do it. I mean, for the most part, he is like every other teenager, that he doesn't do something unless you ask him to do it, but occasionally he gets the idea to do something for the house or for me or my husband, Anthony, on his own. And he'll have it all planned out that he will empty the dishwasher or vacuum the living room or something like that. But since those are regular tasks that we do in our house, I may not know that he's planning on contributing that way. And I may ask him, hey, will you empty the dishwasher or vacuum the living room? before he has a chance to do it on his own. When this happens, I can see it on his face immediately. He gets all bent out of shape because it's no longer a gift that he was willing to give generously to the family and the house and his parents, and instead, it's a demand made on his time by his mother once again. And it completely drains him of any joy that he would have had in doing that task on his own. When that happens, he is most certainly not a cheerful giver. <laughs> if only he would just do, do this more regularly. But anyway, 
pledge card? Should we make a pledge card at home? Okay. But God knows this about our brains. God knows that our joy comes when we freely give. So God doesn't set us an amount on us. God doesn't say you have to give this much because God doesn't want to drain us of the joy we receive when we give. So it's up to our own selves to determine how much we will give back to God. How we answer those questions about how much is enough, that's up to us. And it's up to us so that our joy will be complete. So that it feels good to give. That it might be a sacrifice of resources from us for God and God's work in the world. But it's our sacrifice to give. Paul says that our generosity glorifies God and is a testament to what we believe about the work that God is doing. Our offerings make a theological statement about God and God's church. Sharing our resources together as a church is how we celebrate our own faith and each other's faith. So in all of our choices, I invite you to consider fully investing in a relationship with our creator, a God who made you and knows you, who wants you to be fully committed to your relationship with Jesus, a God who calls you into the cycle of sharing your blessings and resources and partnering in God's ministry. We have lots of choices in our lives, far more than what to order at Starbucks, for more than if you want milk in your tea or whether or not you are going to partner with God's work in the world, and then, of course, how you are going to do so. As you make these choices, know that God's presence goes with you always, and God's spirit covers you completely with God's desire being that you give freely and joyfully. That's God's commitment to you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.